So, question for you. Have you ever demanded an apology of somebody in such a way that after you demanded the apology from them, you had to apologize? <laughs> okay, good. So, let's try this one. Parents, have you ever, with your kids, yelled at your kids in order to get them to stop yelling at each other? <laughs> So, everybody just calm down. For the love of everything that's holy, calm down. You're yelling at your kids and you're like, I'm sorry. You know. if, you, if you said yes to either of those, you know what it means to be wrong, or right, but wrong. You know what it means to be correct, incorrectly. Does that make sense? That's what the series is about, right? but wrong. See, in this, we are right but wrong. This happens when our care for somebody is overwhelmed by the desire to be right. You know? Like, I just, I don't really care about you right now. I just want to be right. <laughs> I know I should be nice, but I'd rather be right. Um, when our compassion is overrun by our indignation. You know, our, our, we, I, I know I am right, and I will bulldoze you in order to prove that I'm right, where we no longer want to be nice, we just want to make a point, we want to win the argument, we want to shut them down. That's right, but wrong. A few years ago, Chrissy and I were, were moving here uh, from one place to another here in E-Town, and we were, um, I, was, I had the day set aside to move all of our boxes and it was like in this apartment condo complex and somebody on that day parked their car at the top of the stairs. It looks like a parking spot but it has those dashed lines so that people can walk in and out of the stairs. So the whole day I had to like do the side shuffle, you know, uh, besides the, these cars, between these cars. And I managed to do the whole day without scratching the car of the person you know, who parked like a moron. Even though I wanted to scratch the car, I didn't. And, but at the end of the day, I was so frustrated, I decided, I decided I would leave a note on their car. I literally did this. I took a sticky note and said, hey man, sorry about the big scratch on your car. Next time, maybe don't park in the walking area. And I just left. No name, no anything like that. And, like, and, I, and I was driving away like, hey. And like, like, what they were looking at, how long they looked at their car before they realized there was no scratch. I was right. I was wrong. <laughs> I was right and feeling frustrated, but I was wrong. In college, I was part of a dorm room that was called Club 211. It was a great place to be, but I don't know if you can picture this, but I was kind of messy in college. I've actually like totally cleaned up my accents then. <laughs> um, but uh, I did this thing, maybe you've done this before, where uh, I would soak the dishes in the, the, the sink. <laughs> And I would do that enough to where my, front, my, my roommates got so frustrated that they actually took the dishes out of the sink and put them in my bed one day. <laughs> they probably very satisfied. You know, that was probably a very satisfying thing for them. It was a very aggravating thing for me. And so I was like, all right, you're going to do that? I'm not going to do any dishes. You know? <laughs> and so I stopped doing dishes. And see, see, sometimes we do things that... You know, in order to be right, we do things, but it doesn't make things better, right? Uh, see, if we're honest with ourselves, we probably think of a lot of times where 
when you did when when you did something that you were right about, but you did it in a way that caused all sorts of problems, that that maybe created more problems than being right solved. And that's what we're talking about in the series. This is a series about how to be right, really without being a jerk. Um, and I think it's an important conversation because what happens is, is there's times where I get so frustrated where I tend to care more about being right than I care about you. And that's when things go wrong. I tend to do things, and, and, and on a serious note, like I tend to do things that I regret, later regret um, the most, to, and then do them to the people that I care about the most. Isn't that funny how that works, too? And one of the things we're going to learn in this series, the big idea for this, this series is the right message with the wrong approach yields the wrong results. Think about that. The right message, you know, the message that you have for your kids or your boss or your coworkers or whatever, the right message with the wrong approach, it's going to yield the wrong results. You can even say it this way, that the, the right heart, even if you have the right heart behind the message, the right heart with the wrong approach can actually yield the wrong results. And this is good to know, it's good to talk about. In the next few weeks, we're going to talk about it in three different areas of life. We're going to talk about it in leadership, whether that be at work or at home, like there's, there's people that report to you, we're going to talk about that, like you, there's people who report to you, no matter where, what position you're in, there are people who look up to you, and how you handle direction and conflict and correct those people is important, we can, we can be right but wrong as leaders, right? Um, we're going to talk about it in a few weeks in regards to faith. This is, and this one I'm really excited about because this is a conversation, like, when it comes to the conversations you and I have about what we believe, what we, about what's right or wrong, or true or false, I, I believe that this is an important conversation for us to have because in a post-Christian nation, in a nation that is not as Christian as it once was, how we talk about our faith is really important. And we can be right but wrong when it comes to that. So we'll talk about that in a few weeks. But today, we're going to talk about parenting. We're going to talk about how to be right when it comes to correcting and disciplining and redirecting our children if we're parents. And I think this is a crucial conversation today for a few reasons. I was, I was thinking about this reason. I think it's a crucial kind of conversation because, well, for one, as parents, never are we more right. And if you're a parent, you're like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you're a kid, you're like, I don't know about that, but just hear me out for a second. As a, as a parent, never are we more right. No, you can't poop in the bathtub. No, no, you can't stay up till 2 a.m. on a school night. It's just, that's the rule. No, Josh, you can't have this girl sleep over at your house, even at our house, even though she's just a friend. That was a huge blow-up conversation fight I had with my mom when I was a teenager. Mom, you're so mean, you don't let me do anything. You know, just like one of those. As parents, we're right a lot, and, and it's true. Like, when it's not that your kids, hear me out, if you're a student in the room or you, you don't have kids, it's not that we're saying we're not right all the time. Like, we know we're not right all the time, but we're right a lot. And if you're like, I don't know, just, just remember, you used to think it was a good idea to eat glue. <laughs> all of us did. Parents are right. Like, so this is an important conversation, because never are we more right than when it comes to parenting. Another thing that's important is never do we get, never is there less recognition for being right than in parenting, right? There's this great quote, maybe you've heard it, 
from uh, Mark Twain. It says, when I was a boy of 14, my father was so ignorant I could hardly stand to have the old man around. But when I got to be 21, I was astonished at how much the old man had learned in seven years. <laughs> you know, like this idea of like, man, my parents are kind of smart. And here's the thing, like, and I, I haven't done this with my parents, even preaching this, I'm not going to do it with my parents. My parents aren't here today, which is perfect. <laughs> um, but like, it's, it, I, I'll, I've never gone to my parents and go, like, you know, when I was four, I really treated you poorly. Sorry, mom. Sorry, dad. Like, we just don't, we don't get no recognition. We get no respect for, you know, um, for, for being right. There is less recognition than in parenting. Here's another one. Never, never are we more tempted to say, I told you so, than in parenting, right? Never do we have the chance to be right in, in wrong ways all the time. Like, like I told you so. You know, like, like the, your, your kid comes back and you're like, Mom and Dad, it is 2 plus 2 equals 4. And I'm like, that in the, and in, in the conversation, the kid's like, yeah, but the teacher said you have to carry the one. You're like, there is no one. There's no one. Like, like two plus two, never, you know, like, never, like, no, we have so much opportunity to be right in the wrong ways as parents. Um, and so, yeah, it's like, it's just, it's hard sometimes. Um, but here's, here's the thing. I think what's most important about this conversation, why this is so crucial, is I think never are the stakes so high than when it comes to parenting. We'll talk about leadership, we'll talk about faith, but uh, honestly, like, never are the stake, our ability to, to be right correctly, never are the stakes so high. And the reason is, what, our ability to be right correctly affects a lot of things for our kids. It affects their confidence levels, right? We're constantly shutting them down. That, that, that could mess with them later or you know, right now in life. It, it affects their confidence levels. Our ability to be right correctly, it affects whether or not in the future they become reckless. Right? It, our ability to be right correctly affects whether they listen to what we say is good and bad in the future, right? I, I did youth ministry for over 10 years. One of the saddest things that I watched was good families, good parents, loving parents, have a great heart. But they, they shove their kids, they shove things on their kids in such a way that their kids would just reject everything that they said, even the good stuff, or especially sometimes the good stuff. Oh, it's so sad. See, our ability to be right correctly affects whether they become reckless someday just to spite you. That's terrifying. If you're a person of faith, if you're a Christian, our ability to be right correctly affects whether or not our kids might proceed in faith. It's a story I saw a lot, too, where there was conflict at home and the parents were so stifling, they said, okay, that's your faith, that's not mine. And they walked in a different direction. Our ability to be right correctly also affects one more thing. Whether they become distant as adults, I think. Whether or not, and see, this is important to all of us, regardless if you're a person of faith or not. We want friendship. If you're a parent, you want to have a long-lasting, good relationship with your children, right? And our ability to be right correctly affects how distant they might become one day when they, when they don't have to report to us. See, how we uphold justice as parents, how we correct, re redirect, and discipline affects and maybe even sometimes determines what kind of relationship we'll have with our kids when they're adults. 
so let's get really good at being right. You know? Like, like let's have a conversation about being right in the right way. Because the message, the right message with the wrong approach yields the wrong results. If you're not a parent, I, I gotta say this because I was thinking about you this week a lot. I actually spent a lot of time wondering, okay, what, what's in it for the people who aren't parents or you know, if you're if you are a kid or you're single or and then at first I was like, if you're a kid, it's like this is perfect because you got ammo for the rest of the week. And then they're like, <laughs> when your mom's like, so help me if you do your homework, and you're like, Mom, I think you're being right for wrong. <laughs> but then I realized, no, that's bad because that's right but wrong itself. So don't do that, okay? And you're like, then listen to Josh. The podcast is up on the website. No, don't do that. Um, and then I was thinking about, okay, well, well maybe you'll, you'll store it away someday for when you become a parent yourself. And then I was like, yeah, that's so far off, and, and maybe you'll, you might not ever become a parent. And it, so I was like, okay, so why is this an important message for everybody, not just the parents? And, and I, I came to this. Honestly, this is an important message for all of us, because if you're not a parent, I want you to listen closely to today, because it'll help you understand what it's like, like, you might understand some of the things that your parents do a little bit better because of today. Um, in fact, just do this. Everybody, think of the relationship, especially if you're not a parent, think of the relationship that you have right now with your parents. Think about it. Think about it. You know, if you, someone asks you, how would you describe that relationship? How would you, you know, think about the words you use right now. If it's strained, if your relationship with your parents is strained, it's possible that it's strained because they were right but wrong. That as you were growing up or as you're growing up now in the household, it's like, man, they're just right all of the time. And see, here's the thing, that today, this, this hopefully, I hope today will give you an insight into us as parents, because here's, here's the thing, can I just say something, on behalf of all parents everywhere, we need a lot of grace. Honestly, like, I, I, I've been a parent for nine years now, and, and this is actually the first sermon I've ever preached on parenting, and it's a little intimidating because I really don't feel like I understand it. Someday we'll probably do a whole series on parenting because I think it would be good, and I, I don't, I want to get Jake to preach it or something like that. <laughs> I, just, I don't know, I don't have kids, but... <laughs> parenting is one of the most humbling, it, it, it is, it's actually the most humbling thing that I've ever been a, a part of. It's humbling to get married and, you know, like, you know, figure out a way to treat my wife right and that kind of stuff and not be selfish. But parenting, it's just downright hard. And I'm trying my best, and there's days where I just feel like I suck at it. And so I, I just, I wanted to say that, like, I think it's good to know, yeah, if you're not a parent, sure, maybe someday you'll be able to dig back and, and think about these things, and, and that'd be good for you to, you know, maybe you want to store some things away that I say today, you can do that. But if nothing else, I want you to pay attention because it might be a helpful insight into us as parents. Your parents are trying really hard. Even, even, if, you're, if, even if you haven't talked to them in years because you're so mad at them, they still, if you ask them, they could say, I, I gave it my best. It's, it's a difficult thing. Um, now, if you're, if you're not a church person, or you used to be, and you're not anymore, or you're coming back to faith or sport, then I realize this is like the longest intro in the world. I kind of do this at the beginning of sermons to set it up right, so normally we get into the Bible a lot faster. Um, if, you're, if you're exploring faith, 
I want us to, to look at what we're going to do today. We're going to look at a Christian belief, a belief that Christians have that I want to make all of us aware of today. Because throughout the Bible, there's this theme in the Bible of God as Father. Um, and so there's a lot of different passages that we could have drawn from today for, for this message. Um, it, it's written um, in the Bible a bunch of times that God disciplines those he loves as, as a father disciplines his children. You know, is somebody familiar with that? That's both in the Old Testament and the New Testament. That God disciplines us because he loves us, because he sees us as children. And there's one verse that even says, you know, if, if a parent doesn't discipline his children, we don't respect them for that. That's not love. But, but God loves us and he disciplines us because of that. And then, and then you got Jesus who comes to earth and he <coughs> refers to, he read the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the books that talk about Jesus' life. He's constantly referring to God as heavenly Father. And then he also encourages his followers to do the same. And so you've got all of this kind of parental language in the Bible where the, 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 the relationship between us and God is described kind of like a parent to a child. And then, and then amidst all of that is the gospel itself. The word gospel just simply means good news in Greek. And the good news is, and this, this is an important point, that God has, has decided to side with us against our sin. Again, this is what Christians believe. If you don't like the word sin, you don't use it normally or whatever, that's okay. This is what we as Christians believe. We believe that God has sided with us against our sin. That's what we believe the gospel is. That when God sent Jesus to the world, he didn't send Jesus to pay us back. He sent Jesus to win us back. That when we look at the cross, we, we see that God is willing to go to great lengths to, to get us back. That he's with us, that he's on our side, that he's partnered with us against our sin. And see, the, the Lord's sin in the, in the Bible, sin, it's not just like, oh, you, you didn't take out the trash and you forgot and now he's mad at you. It's much deeper than that. Every time something, every time there's sin involved, something dies. That's what's clear from the biblical standpoint. Sin leads to death. And so God, in response to our sin, when we mess up, like children do, you know, like, like when, when he, he, his response to our wrongdoing, our disobedience, our dishonesty, is, oh no, Oh no, there's consequences. If you go down that path, that will lead to where you don't want to go. So I don't want you to do that. And we see time and time again that God is willing to stand with us against our sin. And at times it feels like, oh, God just doesn't want me to have fun. Or God, you know, he just, he's just a cosmic rule maker. He's like, no, I'm your heavenly father and I care about you. And because of that, we need to I want to draw these lines. I don't want you to go over there because the consequences of your sin. And, and, and here, here's the thing. Even if you don't believe that to be true, like all that about God and Jesus and that kind of stuff, I would actually encourage you to pull a God, and, and if you're a parent, to pull a God and, and parent that way. You see what I'm saying? To parent in such a way that when you discipline, when you correct, when you redirect, you do it in such a way that expresses to your kids, oh no, 
I'm, I, you, I, I, I'm sad that you did that. And yeah, maybe I'm even mad that you did that. Because I told you not to do that. You know, like there's all of that. But I'm, I'm more, more mad, sad than mad because it grieves me that you did that. Because if you go that direction, if you date her, if you don't do your work there, if you, don't, if you cut corners over here, child, it's not going to be good. But, but I want to side with you, my child against the wrongdoing you've done. And that's where I want to go today. That's why I want to encourage us as parents. Like if I'm going to change, if I could change one thing, is any time that you correct your child, any time you redirect, and that could be a little kid, that could be little itty bitties, it could be to like you know, adult children where you're like, child, no. I would encourage you to figure out, to do it in such a way that you're, you're expressing to them, I'm on your side. It's so very important. I think we need to resist the urge to be right sometimes. That's what it's going to feel like. There's going to be times where we're like, oh, right, I knew I'm right, and you just have to swallow it and be like, oh no. Oh no. Instead of saying, what have you done? I told you so. You know, you're in trouble now. Guess what? We need to be with them. We need to partner with them against the wrong that they've done. I see, I think that's the best way to help us be right correctly as parents, to make sure that we're right and not wrong. Um, to make sure we're not right in a way that needs to be apologized about afterwards. Um, because the right message with the wrong approach yields the wrong results. One of my favorite books in the Bible is the book of Proverbs. If you haven't read the book of Proverbs, or if you haven't read the book of Proverbs recently, you need to. And if, if you're not a person of faith or you're exploring faith, this is a really good place to start if you're interested in the Bible. Because it's just, there's so many good things about life, about money, about sex, about marriage, just life in general. So many good insights. And we're going to look at a couple passages from Proverbs today, but we're not going to, we're not going to look at kind of the meat of what Proverbs has to say. There's a lot, there's a message to the book of Proverbs that's really cool. And, and I kind of want to leave it open-ended so you go and read it this week. It's a really, and honestly, it's worth, it's just a good classical literature read. Um, so read that this week. But what I want us to look at is not the message of Proverbs. I want us to look at the tone. And this idea of like, like shifting our approach as parents to, to partner with our kids. There is, I realized in preparation for this message, the tone of Proverbs is what I'm pushing us towards. Because the book of Proverbs has a lot, it, it, the book of Proverbs is exactly what you think. It's a bunch of Proverbs, a bunch of wisdom literature that are, you know, good things to live by in life. Um, but the book of Proverbs... Um, it, it, it has a lot of challenging. Because of that, it has a lot of challenging things. Do this, don't do this. If you go that path, it's will lead to destruction. You know, like it'll have this kind of A plus B equals C um, formula to it. But what's genius is the book of Proverbs was written by a really wise man named Solomon. About a thousand years BC, he wrote and he compiled these Proverbs. He didn't come up with all of them. He, he just found wisdom everywhere he went. And in his genius, in his brilliance, Solomon didn't just catalog the book. And I don't know if you, you might not know this, even if you've read Proverbs before, you might not have seen this. 
Because a lot of times you take problems that are a la carte. And there's this proverb about uh, the path, and there's a proverb about the parenting, and like that kind of stuff. But amidst all of these, uh, uh, all of this advice to how to live your life, Solomon, it's almost as if Solomon was in this parenting dilemma. He's like, I'm going to give you all of these wisdom things that it might be kind of overwhelming. You might feel like I'm trying to push something on you. And so what he does is in the very beginning of the, the book, he, he puts this phrase, this, these two words together. He says, my son. Everybody say that. My son. So like eight verses into the book, he's like, this is the purpose of the book. And then he starts diving into the content of the book. And the very first words are, my son. Son. In fact, the very first words are, listen, my son, to your father's instructions. Do not forsake your mother's teachings. And he says, here's why. They are like garland to grace your head. They are like a chain adorning your neck. Solomon's like, listen, listen to me, my child. My instructions, they're like a gift. My child, I, you, know, you know how I gave you that, that necklace or I gave you those clothes? It's, yeah, it's kind of like that. And, what about, and, and, and see, Solomon does this because what he's about to say a lot of times is challenging. And he wants to make sure that we know, this is how I see you. My son, my daughter, don't turn away from my instruction. It's like a gift. It's like, a, like that chain I gave you. It's valuable. And I want you to know I'm for you. Even though I know what I'm about to say sounds like I want something from you. I am actually... For you. It's that tone. So, so again, that what I want us to see today in the book of Proverbs is not the message. I want us to hear the tone of voice. In fact, in order to do that, I want you to picture your best fatherly figure. It could be motherly too as well. But like like whatever, a, a comforting, loving parenting figure. Maybe your grandparent, maybe your grandfather or dad. If you're missing one, where's Jeff been? Where is he? Hey, Jeff, can you stand up for a second? Give me a good fatherly figure. Here's one right here. <laughs> like, I want you to picture Jeff. Uh, he didn't no, get you. Yes, <laughs> yes so I thought about having you come up and read it, Jeff, but I'm like, I don't like that. So, but honestly, I want you to picture, I like Morgan Freeman. Like, I picture Morgan Freeman reading, like, next to me doing, you know, reading the Bible with me sometimes, and like, my son, you know, like, like you, you know, like, picture that. And it would be good, and, and, and then you'll start to feel the tone of voice behind, you know, that, that's behind the message. It says stuff like this, My son, do not forget my teachings, but keep my commands in your heart, for if, they will, if, if you do, they will prolong your life many years, and they will bring peace and prosperity. I mean, how many times as a parent you just pleaded with your child, Oh, please just do your Oh, honey, would you just go and get some rest? Oh, honey, like, like, just don't worry about her. I know she's bullying you, but just, you know, trust me. Life is so much. And, and our, our instruction is, like, if you do that, you'll have peace. You'll have prosperity. You'll have long life, my child. Here's another one. Listen, my son. Accept what I say, and the years of your life will be made. I good. And he goes on, and then, and then he starts unpacking all of these different things about money, and love, and sex, and marriage, and struggle, and work, and toil. 
all of these wonderful things, like insights into these, these heart issues. And what's cool is that phrase, my son, there's 31 chapters in the book of Proverbs, and there's 26 times that this just threads. My son, my son, don't go down that path. That's where evildoers go, and it leads to destruction. My son, seek wisdom. This is one of my favorite ones, is seek wisdom. Though it costs everything you have, my son, gain it. It's worth losing all, all of your silver and your gold to just have this. My son, stay away from the wayward woman. Because her path is enticing. Guard your heart against that. My son, my son, my son. See, it's a book. This is, what I want us to see is it's a book of discipline. It's a book of direction. And yet it's a book of care and compassion, and you see it, and you feel it as you read it. My son, my son, my son. As if Psalm is trying to remind his readers, yes, this is difficult, but I am for you. That's the tone we need to adopt as parents. And I'll just be straight with y'all. This week, Chrissy and I talked about this a lot, and we just, we, at one point in time, hit our knees, because we're just like, we're not doing this. The tone in our household is not good. We're pushing our kids, and, and we're right. That's the problem. Is we're right, dang it, all the time. But we're wrong. And it's, and it's important. And we watch our, our children sink. And we watch our children wince. We want it to be different. And so I mean, as much as, honestly, I'm going to bring forward more for myself than for you this week. I'm trying to think, I, I need to have a different tone. This is the tone our children need to hear from us. And so be, I told you how so it was wrong. So help me, I will bless you, child, and bless you in the next Thursday. You know, like, two years. <laughs> I need to hear my son, my daughter. I, I, I will side with you against what you have done. Oh no, oh no, you've done this and the consequence of that is not good. We have to say that, right? They didn't know these things. They don't know this on their own. We have to say it in such a way that, that, that we draw the line and we are on their side of the line. And so the application is really simple. If you're a parent this week, as soon as you go into correction mode, as soon as you go into, no, 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 no. As soon as you go to discipline, to redirect, I want the first words out of your mouth to be, my son, no, 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 my daughter, come here. And don't you think that would help? I think, I'm going to try it this week with you. I think it'll help because like there's so many times where I'm just quick to fly off or whatever. And I think just even saying the word, my son, it reminds me of who they are, who I need to be for them. My son. See, here's the good news. I can do this. I can do this. The good news is you're for your kids. You care about them. But the, the, and it's good to know that the, the right message with the wrong approach yields the wrong results. Like, that's why I've been driving crazy lately, I think. Sometimes. It's like, I think I've had the wrong approach. And, this, and, and here's the other good news. This, this approach doesn't require us to be perfect as parents. It really doesn't. Actually, it's quite the opposite. 
if you mess up, do you know what one of the best things that you can do to let your kid know that you're for them is? Tell them you messed up. Christy's really, really good at this. There's times where the kids are going crazy and you know, I'll come home and she's like, you know, I had to apologize to the kids today. I'm like, well, what did they do? <laughs> and she starts telling me, I'm like, no, that's not it. <laughs> she's like, no, 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 listen, listen. I handled it wrong and I told her. So mom, mama got mad. And you know, and she explains it and she, she apologizes. Do you know how much is won then? In those moments, it feels like the opposite. You're like, I'm just giving them more control. No, you're not. You're really, really not. You're, you're, what you're doing in that moment, you're saying, it is more important to me that you know that I care for you than for me to be right. Right? I don't, I don't want to be right more than I want you to know I love you. So important. And here's the thing. I thought of this this week, too. Some of you are in the room are empty nesters. Some of you have adult children. And maybe, maybe you're thinking to yourself, man, I wish I'd known this years ago or whatever. I wish I'd thought of it that way. It's not too late. Even if your kid's 50 years old, you're, it's not too late to call them up and say, you know what? I'm sorry. I, when you were growing up, I did this and I did that. And I was right. But I was wrong. Just, just, just try it. What do you got to lose besides a little bit of your pride? That's it. And you might reestablish a beautiful relationship with us. It's worth it. It's worth it. It's worth it because I believe the best pathway to the type of relationship that we all love to have with our kids is friendship, right? Gosh, I can't wait to watch my kids grow up and surpass me in things. I hope they want me to do it for it. You know? That's what we want. You can do that. We can do that. It is if we fight hard to, to be right correctly. We can do that. And what will happen is this is beautiful. As our authority with our children wanes, because it does over time. We have ultimate authority with them when they're born, and then we have less authority the next year and less authority the next year. We do this right, our authority translates into influence. That's what we want. That's what's possible if we do this, if we get this right. Imagine what that could be like. And allow that, that vision of the future to help us swallow your pride. I The right message. The wrong approach yields the wrong result. So let's change our approach. Let's come with us in this conversation. This is going to be a good conversation in the weeks to come about changing our approach in conversations like this. Let me pray.